Hello and welcome to Riffs on Riffs, where we explore the collision of original and sample tracks and the artists who made them. I'm your host, Joe Watson, and I'm here with my co-host, Toby Braswell. What's up, Toby? Not much, man. Feeling good. What's going on with you? Oh, just uh, loving the snow here in Cleveland, Ohio. There we go. So together on this show, we listen to the legendary tracks and the timeless, but sometimes not so well-known songs that they sampled from. So, Tom, what are we listening to today? This is a track called Set Adrift on Memory Bliss from the group PM Dawn. Let's hop in the DeLorean and find out what track was sampled to produce this hit. Rewind. is glow sticks right now for all the dancing you're doing. <laughs> what are we listening to, man? This is the title track from the 1983 Spandau Ballet album, True. This song hit number four on the Billboard Hot 100 in the U.S. and also topped the adult contemporary charts. It charted in numerous other countries and was number one on the U.K. singles charts for about four weeks in 83, finishing as the sixth biggest selling single of the year. So True was written by the band's guitarist and principal songwriter Gary Kemp. As one might expect, it was written about a girl and in this case, her name was Claire Grogan, and she was the singer in another new wave band called Altered Images. Yeah, Altered Images was a Scottish band that had actually six top 40 hits in the UK between 1981 and 83. One of their biggest hits was, believe it or not, Happy Birthday, oh, yeah. which was number two on the charts for three weeks in September of 81. Let's give that one a spin. Let's do it. What do you think, Tom? You know, this this track is kind of catchy, but I still think I prefer Stevie Wonder's version. Mm, it, you know, yes. if, I, if I'm hanging with the boys, you know, if it's but if it's just me and the misses, uh-huh. then I'm gonna go with Marilyn Monroe's version as she sang to uh, JFK. Uh, if you know what I'm saying, gosh, you know a, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, you mean like when things get a little bit hotter than well, July, right? Show? All right, so Gary Kemp was obviously smitten with Ms. Grogan and even traveled up to Scotland to have tea with her and her parents. His feelings, sadly, were unrequited and their relationship was strictly platonic. Outside of racking up some airline miles, it's certainly made for great song material. This song is about how difficult it is to be honest when you're trying to write a love song to someone, as shown with the lyrics like, why do I find it hard to write the next line? Yeah, and Gary's also talked about how the lyrics are full of kind of secret coded messages to Claire. He says, quote, I'm still berated for the line, take your seaside arms, but it's straight out of Lolita by Vladimir Nabokov, which she had given me as a present. Although in the book, it's seaside limbs. The line with a thrill in my head and a pill on my tongue is also a kind of a bastardization of Nabokov. 
I don't want to embarrass Claire. I, you know, I was 22 and she was 18. True was really a song about me and my idea of love. Okay, so answer this for me. What is it with people wanting to incorporate that book in their lyrics? I, I don't get it. Uh, that book, Lolita, was weird. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> Just weird. And uh, not the type of weird I want to relive in a song over and over again. I mean, didn't Sting also reference Nabokov and Lolita in a police song? Yeah, he did. You know, look, I'm with you, man. I've never read the book because the subject matter is, look, it's not just weird. It's disturbing to me. Uh, but yes, Sting also gives direct shout out to Nabokov and don't stand so close to me. <laughs> I wonder why. We're yeah, not right? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Gary Kemp also gave a direct shout-out in True to Marvin Gaye. Let's take a listen to that. Listening to Marvin This is the sound. So Kemp says that line was, and I quote, a reference to me and Steve Norman, the band saxophonist. We were massive soul boys. We loved MTV, the Face magazine, and all that glossy stuff. So this was us taking an anti-rock stance. Yeah, it's kind of fun to hear someone say they're taking an anti-rock stance because, I I mean, I don't know about you. I typically think of rock and punk as the anti-establishment genres. Right. Kemp goes on to say, the inky press loved blues and reggae because they were all about suffering. They didn't like soul because it was aspirational, all about dancing, wearing great clothes, and having sex. So name-checking Marvin Gaye was a defiant statement, aligning us with the London soul boy culture stretching back to mod. So first of all, Tobe, like, have you ever listened to Marvin Gaye or, you know, (laughs) what's going on? Because that is not about, you know, that's a very political song, so whatever. But um, it's sort of interesting to me because I've never thought of soul music as some sort of vapid form of blues, uh, kind of more of an evolution or permutation of it. I don't know, maybe this was an English thing. Do you think soul music has been perceived differently here in the States? Yeah, you know, I never really thought of that before. I tend to agree with you and see soul music is is more or less an evolution. Uh, Every music genre does this, at least in my opinion. It it evolved. Without getting too deep, as far as classical music is concerned, you started off with medieval, which lasted from 500 to 1400 A.D. Then Renaissance period came in, which lasted from 1400 to 1600 A.D. And then we had the Baroque period, which was from 1600 to 1750. AD and so forth and so on. It happened to jazz as well as rock, and we're seeing it today with rap. And when I was younger, you know, I felt differently because I just wanted the true hip hop, right? Wanted right. you know what I Which, defined as true. Exactly what you defined or what we all personally right, right. defined. Yeah, I didn't want it to be threatened or taken out or what have you. But you know, when you love something as much as as I know that you and I we both do, uh, and that that being music. Sometimes you got to let it grow into what it's going to be. And I think that's the test of a genre's impact is whether we can argue about what's fake and what's true. Pun intended. Oh, look (laughs) at you. Way to bring it back to our featured track there, buddy. Nice work. All right, so returning the conversation to Spandau Ballet, band saxophonist Steve Norman says he sort of stumbled upon the instrument by accident. He started out as a drummer, but like a lot of us, he could never afford a full kit. (laughs) So he got a guitar, right? Well, then it turned out there wasn't room in the band for another guitarist. Mm. So he switched to saxophone and taught himself. So that'd be kind of like me, right? Didn't have enough money for a full kit or saxophone. So then my third grade music teacher gave me a recorder. And that's what I stuck (laughs) with. Hot cross buns, baby. Hot cross buns, baby. That's what I rock that. (laughs) So the sax solo on True is actually a composite of two takes. Uh, Steve says, I'd only been playing for about a year, and I was listening to Grover Washington Jr.'s Just the Two of Us, great song, with Bill Withers, over and over. Uh, The solo's a reply to that. 
If the key changes, things just lift off, giving the song a moment of elation. So you can definitely hear the inspiration. Let's take a listen to that Grover Washington Jr. solo from Just the Two of Us. a great track to take inspiration from, right? I'm telling you. All right, so now let's give a listen to Steve Norman's sax solo on True. playing for a year. Yeah. Man. It's kind of beautiful That's tone. all right. Yeah, he yeah. did all right. So both of those are beautifully crafted solos that sort of propel the song along, give them a little extra depth and dimension. Well, I know this much is true. Being in a band is hard work. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and sometimes the business side of things can ruin great creative relationships. Uh, in 1999, the rest of the band tried to sue Gary Kemp for a share of his publishing royalties claiming that they had agreed that he would get half and they would all split the other half. Well, since Gary wrote the lyrics and music for the band's songs, he was receiving all of the publishing royalties. Yeah, well, they lost the case and eventually dropped the appeal. But hey, there's good news. By 2009, they had resolved their differences and reunited. Uh, In 2014, they released a greatest hits collection that contained three new songs, and the album actually reached the top 10 in the UK. They went on a world tour the following year. Lead singer Tony Hadley then left the band in 2017 and was replaced by Ross William Wilde. So I guess happy endings do happen outside of Disney movies. That, yeah, that, that's apparently. positive. Who knew? <laughs> well, let's change course a little bit and get into our next feature track that sampled True. Have another listen to PM Don and Set Adrift on Memory Bliss. <laughs> Set adrift on memory bliss of you PM Don, right? Sure. So PM Don is a hip-hop R&B group composed of brothers, Atrell and Jarrett Cords. The Cords brothers knew their share of tragedy early on. Well, their father died of pneumonia and their younger brother actually drowned at the age of two. Yikes. Yeah, very sad. 
the Coors brothers were raised by their mom and stepfather, George Brown. Yeah, interesting fact. This George Brown was a percussionist and keyboardist and just so happened to be one of the founding members of Cool in the Gang. No, that, that that's, that's dope. That's, that's dope, yeah. <laughs> that's like kind of that. cool. If you, if you had to have a stepdad, that, that's the that's one That's a good one. <laughs> so Atrell was working doing night security and was able to save up enough money to afford their first demo. Ah, uh, yes. Trying to get signed. Have you ever done a demo? Man, I've done at least at four least. demos. Okay. At least four demos. What about yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No big uh, record contracts coming this way yet, though. Still time. Still time. <laughs> All right. Well, the demo tape for the Chords Brothers cost them about 600 bucks, and I'm just assuming that included mixing and mastering. But it was money well spent as it did get them signed, but not without having to jump through some hoops at first. The label, Tommy Boy, thought that they sounded too familiar to other hip-hop group at the time, De La Soul. And they were actually looking for a more hardcore rap act. So, yeah, no dice for PM Dawn. Yeah, well, yeah, hardcore is definitely not a term that I would use to describe PM <laughs> no, Dawn. not so okay? much. Atrell used the name Prince B the Nocturnal, and Jarrett's name was DJ Minute Mix. Huh. Those were their stage names. Wow. Prince B the Nocturnal. I kind of like that. You like that? I think I should change my name. How about this? Uh, King Mojo... <laughs> The dream-weaving Thunderlord of the Apocalypse. Okay, how about just no? Come on, man. Okay, no. Uh, l- let's get back to PM Don. Fine. Well, thankfully, another label did pick them up. They were signed to the G Street label. G Street is a label based in the UK, but they weren't the only UK label interested in the Coors Brothers. Which is a which is a very good thing because G Street unfortunately went bankrupt during the recording. So imagine your dream coming true and getting signed in the first place by a label that's confident enough in your music to fly you to the UK to record the album, and then. Poosh, Album goes bankrupt during the recording. Yeah, I, so I got I got a theory on this. Oh, right I, on me. I can't help but to think that the trips back and forth to England actually affected their cash flow. Maybe could be. You yeah, know, I'm just thinking that if G Street uh, might still be around, if Frontier or Spirit Airlines existed back then, I don't know, man. With baggage fees, I think they'd still be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless of how they went bankrupt, the label, including all of the recorded material uh, that PM Don had laid down, was bought by Island Records. And luckily, they believed in PM Don as well and released several singles to gain traction before their album entitled Of the Heart, Of the Soul, and Of the Cross was released. Their first single was A Watcher's Point of View, Don't You Think? Let's take a listen to that. So this song was an underground hit, but they made a giant leap into the mainstream with their second single, which is our featured song, Set Adrift on Memory Bliss. The song was a hit, and to add the cherry on top, Tony Hadley, the lead singer from Spandau Ballet, has a cameo in the video. Set Adrift on Memory Bliss hit the number one spot on November 30th, 1991, and actually made history as being the first song since the introduction of the Nielsen Sound Scan to do so. So the Nielsen Sound Scan, for those that don't know, is a system that tracks sales of music and music video products in both the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder what people were using before Nielsen. That, my friend, is a very good question. So glad that you asked. Before Nielsen, Billboard employees would just call stores across the country to ask about sales. What? Yeah, it sounds really <laughs> accurate, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm sure there was no fudging of statistics exactly, at all. Right? No payola. You're platinum. No- You're platinum. <laughs> You're platinum. <laughs> you get it. You get it. <laughs> Yeah. Regardless, Set Adrift was certifiably a hit. So let's break down some of the other samples on this track. Besides the obvious sample of True, Set Adrift on Memory Bliss also samples Bob James' 1975 track, 
Take Me to the Mardi Gras. Let's take a listen to that. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously that drum loop right there that they're using. Right, right. Drew. And we're the only ones that use it. Not the only ones, yeah. <laughs> This is actually an instrumental cover of the Paul Simon original, which was found on his 1973 album entitled, There Goes Rhyme and Simon. I guess everyone kind of wants to be a rapper, right? Yeah. So let's take a listen to the original, Take Me to the Mardi Gras from Paul Simon. Love it. Hurry, take me to the Mardi Gras In the city of my dreams You can legalize your lows Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I've I've never heard the song. Now the Bob James hit, yeah. I've heard that plenty of times. Oh, you have tons, really? Tons of times. I actually I have the album at home. I love that. Huh. Road Scholar. Okay, I'm gonna look that one up now. Yeah, it's really good. So for those that think that that drum break in the Bob James version sounds familiar. It has been sampled in several songs. One of the most well-known being Run DMC's Peter Piper. Let's take a listen to that. It's beautiful. That's a beautiful utilization right there of a sample. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny that we're talking about one of the hardest hip-hop groups in history, Run DMC, in the same breath as PM Dawn. <laughs> so, so true. This is a group thought more or less to be part of the hippie movement of hip-hop, right? Along with Tribe Called Quest and the aforementioned De La Soul. I know, when you think about it with, you know... Saying these two groups in the same sentence is kind of like a McDLT, right? You got the hot, <laughs> you, you got, got the, the cold, cold. <laughs> put <them> together. <laughs> so uh, just the fact that these songs are linked, like I'm saying here, uh, you know, it just proves that music is the universal language, right? Absolutely. Uh, and also interesting, lyrically, mm-hmm. Set Adrift on Memory Bliss connects multiple genres as well. They were clearly fans of Joni Mitchell, which, again, interesting, right? So let's take a listen to her song, The Boho Dance, off of her 1975 album, The Hissing of Summer Lawns, which I think is a solid runner-up to my other favorite album name, right? The Electric (laughs) Spanking of War Babies. Remember that one from Parliament? How could I forget? (laughs) All right, Boho Dance. Let's let's listen to some Joni Mitchell. A camera pans the cocktail hour behind a blind of potted palms And finds a lady in a Paris dress With runs in her nylon you know, in preparation for this, yeah. I listened to that song for the first time. I, I'm, I'm I've familiar. never heard it before. Yeah, it is a it's definitely a, a poetic sure. tune. Um, and you can hear how the lyrics like the camera pans, the cocktail glass behind the blind, the plastic plants, and the subterranean by design. Those are lyrical interpolations of the boho dance that they used. Yeah, you know, in the PM Dawn song "Set Adrift." Yeah, and apparently they went back to kind of mind that Joni Mitchell stuff for a lot of their songs. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I th- Tobe, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the callback to A Tribe Called Quest, Bonita Applebaum. Mm. Let's let's give that one a listen. Please. Bonita Applebaum, you gotta put me on. Bonita Applebaum, you gotta put me on. Bonita Applebaum, I said you gotta put me on. Bonita Applebaum, you gotta put me on. Bonita Applebaum. 
So, of course, PM Don spun this uh, as a bit of a shout-out to the object of many a teenage boy's fantasy, including mine, yep. right? Yes, absolutely. Christina Applegate, who at the time was starring in the TV show Married with Children. Mm-hmm. Let's, yeah, let's let's hear that shout-out. Let's do that. Christina Applegate, you gotta put me on. Guess who's piece of the cake was Jack so, that didn't happen, but it, <laughs> <laughs> no, she no. didn't put them on. She, but nope, <laughs> did not. Uh, side note, though, a random tidbit I found out when researching this episode. Did, I had no idea. Christina Applegate was one of the founding members of the Pussycat Dolls. Never knew that. Yeah. It's incredible. Anyway, so speaking of dolls, PM Dawn went on to have more success with their next release, Paper Dolls, which reached number 28 on the Billboard chart. Let's give that one a spin. Once you think about what it's like as a paper doll. One of these days I think you will find yourself. Now, I vividly remember this song. Yeah. And, and I remember after, because I bought the album, right? So I remember buying the album and wondering how many times exactly is yeah. this guy going to say Paper Doll? You know, how many times was he? Because he says it a lot. Well, good news, Tobe. I actually counted for you. <laughs> Yeah, he actually says it 100 times. Wow. Yeah, there's only other one other song that hit the top 40 that says the same words over and over, and that's a song from our one of our past episodes. If you guessed MC Hammer in a song, Pray, you would be correct. And if you guessed wrong, then we will be praying for you at the conclusion of this podcast. Yes. You need to listen more. Yeah, right. <laughs> you need to listen more. Context clues. Come on, people. <laughs> My goodness. There's a funny thing that happens after you get a little bit of fame, right? People actually start listening mm. to what you're saying on a variety of subjects. Yeah, I feel like this can be a really good thing, you know, because you've got some power and authority or, you know, it can go south pretty quickly. Yeah, let's talk about the latter. It oh, goes south, okay. okay? Uh, in order to tell the story, I first need to say that it has to do with MC KRS-One. And for those that aren't familiar with KRS-One, KRS-One stands for Knowledge Reigns Supreme Over Nearly Everyone. And he is respected as being one of the major forces that forged hip-hop into what it is today. This dude is from the Bronx and famously took on an entire borough of Brooklyn with a song, The Bridge Is Over. So let's take a listen to that. Okay. goes that during an interview with the magazine Details, Prince B made the following statement about rap icon KRS-One. KRS-One wants to be a teacher, but a teacher of what? Now, he was known for saying that, you know, KRS-One was, is all about educating yeah. people, all, all about, you know, education of self, education about your history, this, that, and the third. And this guy comes in and right. says okay, that. Tom. So, <laughs> In the grand scheme of disses, yeah, I, I don't feel like this one should move the needle so much, right? It's it, it's kind of like saying, uh, "I'm sorry, I, I don't really understand your point. Would you would you please explain it to me, sir?" I mean, okay, maybe I'm not getting the context here. So so give me the rest of the story. Right. Well, I wasn't there, but at the Sound Factory nightclub uh, a while later, uh, famous DJ Kid Capri, okay, right, well-known DJ in New York City, details what happened next, and I quote, So PM Don comes on stage. It was Prince B in DJ Minute Mix in the booth. And it's three girls doing background singing. I love your storytelling you like voice, that? though. You like Keep that? going. I've been working on it. Okay. 
they let him do the first song. And when the hit started, it was all bad, man. Uh-oh. Yo, they rushed the stage. Chris and the whole crew. Chris grabbed the mic from Prince B. I see you, who is, for people that don't know, one of KRS's people, right? So I see you grabbed all the girls, hugged them, and picked them up at the same time. Must be a big dude. This has got to be. <laughs> or very tiny women. One of, <laughs> one of the two. So he grabbed three Smurfs. Okay, That's what happened. Perfect. Right? Uh, picked them up at the same time and led them off stage. When Chris grabbed the mic, Will hit Prince B, Uh-oh. which threw him off stage. Ouch. Okay, so while Chris led the charge, Kid says it was his affiliate's blow that actually sent Prince B flying. Off the stage? Off the stage. However, it was a team effort. Kenny Parker went to the DJ booth, threw the DJ out of the booth, wow. and when the Chris threw them off stage, DJ Kenny Parker threw on South Bronx. It felt like the floor was going to cave in, right? What was crazy was that when Chris left, Supercat was supposed to be next. However, when Chris left, the entire crowd, the whole crowd left and was walking down the street with him. That's epic. It looked like a video. Supercat was on stage with nobody. That is awesome. That's that's nuts. That's hip hop though. It is hip hop. Um, all right. Well, let's actually listen to South Bronx now. South Bronx, South Bronx, the South South Bronx, South Bronx, the South South Bronx, South Bronx. Yeah, I could I could see the floor caving into this. Yeah, it's a hard track. Style is terrific. It is kind of different, but let's get specific. KRS One specialized in music. I'll only use this type of style it's when I choose it. It's not the dude you want to mess with. I mean, not if you're, you're Prince B. B. Right. You probably should have changed the name to Prince B. Quiet at that point. Right. All right. So luckily, this incident didn't stop the hits from coming. Right. Right. Uh, PM Dawn got a chance to record a song for the movie Boomerang, which starring the one and only Eddie Murphy. This soundtrack had a number of hits to help it reach triple platinum status, including the PM Dawn track "I Die Without You." Let's take a listen to that. Now, did you watch this movie? A long time ago. Oh, dude. This movie is flawless in my mind. I can't tell you how many times I've seen this movie. You know, I feel like this song is like the nicer version of that Bruno Mars track. You know, rather than taking a bullet to the brain and that yeah. very graphic treatment, this is like the softer, huh. the, the you know, the hippie hip-hop version, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I feel that. I feel that. So this is easily one of my favorite tracks off this Boomerang soundtrack. It's a great track and really shows the diversity of the group. I mean, the song was great. Boomerang as a movie was incredible. Can't tell you how many times I've seen it and been reminded of the importance to make sure that all of my outfits coordinate. 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 Yeah. Well, that must explain why your shoe game is on point, my friend. Well done. <laughs> Takes one to know one. <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. So I Die Without You peaked at number three on the charts. This song was also featured on their second album entitled The Bliss Album, question mark, released on March 3rd, 1993. Another single from that album was a track called Looking Through Patient Eyes. Let's take a listen to that. Sound like a boy band right here. They really actually, yeah, they do. <laughs> 98 degrees or something. So, unfortunately, this is when things start to take a downward slide. Mm. Okay, now they get sued for allegedly using samples from a David Bastille in the Gladiators track called Funky Soul. PM Don and Island Records won the lawsuit, but the problems didn't stop there. No, yeah, and right before they released their third album, 
DJ Minute Mix was arrested for charges alleging that he had sex with a minor in 2005. Ugh. Uh, the charges were eventually dropped due to lack of evidence, but by that time, he had parted ways with PM Dawn. He was replaced by the Cord's brother's paternal cousin, Doc G, that same year. As if that wasn't bad enough, several years later, Prince B suffered a stroke in 2005 that left him paralyzed on the left side of his body. Unfortunately, his health still continued to decline, and health complications actually led to Prince B dying in June of 2016. Yeah, very sad. But uh, at least the music lives on. In April of 2018, it was announced that a rapper by the name of K-Rock would join Doc G to continue the group. So, so Joe, if I'm understanding this, right? Yeah. Let me get this straight. So, we don't have either of their original members in the group now. Nope. Okay, so furthermore, they have redone several songs don't sound remotely close <laughs> yes. to the original. It's actually really hard to find an original copy of their music now, which is crazy. Amazon, and you're paying a premium. <laughs> right. So this isn't PM Dawn, okay? The group should be renamed. I'm starting a FundMe page okay. to have the name changed. What? What do you want to call them? AM Dusk. Oh, I see what you did. AM Dusk. Okay. That's the name. All right, so let's get into this episode's bonus material. What do you say we dig into some funk and see how many times one of the drum breaks that was used on Set Adrift on Memory Bliss has been sampled by other artists? All right, I think you were referring to the 1974 track, Ashley's Roach Clip, from the funk group The Soul Searchers. Now, I'm not sure who Ashley was, but she should be happy to have been immortalized in this song, her and her roach her clip. Her and her roach clip, that's right. <laughs> Let's listen to the drum break that appears at a three and a half minute mark. bass is just like way over the, the kick drum. It's oh, like, yeah. It was, a, it was a very clean drum break. Right. Though. I mean, that's like every producer's dream, right? Uh, just a nice clean drum break to lift and loop, which would explain why it's appeared on over 400 tracks. 400? Yeah. Let's check out the diversity of songs that have sampled Ashley's Roach Clip. First up is Eric B. and Rakim's 1987 track, Paid in Full. Let's take a listen to that. Let's see if I got pulled. Hit the studio, cause I'm paid in full. Akim, check this out. Yo, you go to your girl house and I go to mine, cause my girl is definitely mad cause it took us too long to do this album. <laughs> She's mad. Yo, Big mad. So let's just pump the music up and count our money. Yo, but check this out. Yo, Eli, turn the bass down and just let the beat keep on rocking. How about we take a listen we to a number one hit from Across the Pond, uh, EMF with their 91 smash, unbelievable. But actually, I realized there's a connection between the bass lines in those two songs, which I didn't hear before. But. Okay. I think the, the bass line is more in the beginning of the song, but this is the sample of Ashley's Road Trip drum break. Nice. I love this song. I do too, yeah. Well, I know that Lloyd sampled this break as a tribute to all of the unbelievable girls that grace our planet. Let's listen to his track featuring Lil Wayne, Girls Around the World. What do you say we go old school again with some Ghetto Boys? Hmm, never a bad time to go Ghetto Boys. Let's listen to Scarface. All right. I'm in the South Park, night falls over the streets. It's getting dark, Bill calls, he's been beat. Round up the posse, y'all, and bring the heat. 
And when it's over, all I want is... We can go back to pop with a 1994 hit from Desiree, You Gotta Be. You Gotta Be. You Gotta Be Bad, You Gotta Be Bold, You Gotta Be Wiser, You Gotta Be Hard, You Gotta Be Tough, You Gotta Be Stronger, You Gotta Be and how many times did you hear this song that oh, year? Oh, it was like constant replay on the radio. I hope she won a Grammy for that. Yeah, I really I hope. That's a great question. Listeners, please let us know. Yeah, let us know. All right, so we could literally spend the next several hours playing this game because, you know, there's 400 samples. But we're out of time. So I'm going to match your pop sample with one from some international superstars that ruled the pop charts back in their heyday. I bet that you're going to go with Duran Duran and their use of the Ashley's Roach Clip Break on the song Come Undone. Mm, no, my friend, though that is actually a really good one. Hmm. Uh, no, we're going to head to Germany to find our next sample. This is, wait for it, Millie Vanilli. Oh! And their hit, Girl, You Know It's True. You Know It's True. Go ahead. <laughs> Here we go. Girl, you know it's true. There's the break again. I've been, I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> I haven't seen you smile this big in a long time. got all the moves down, too. Look at you. We need a camera up in the studio. We do. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> deep breath, buddy. That deep breath. I'm, try, I'm trying to come back here. So, uh, let's try to bring this back around to our first feature track, True, from Spandau Ballet. Alright, let's do a recap here. So, we did True, Spandau Ballet, and then PM Dawn, Set Adrift on Memory, Bliss of You, but it's enough. I think we, we've spent enough time on Memory Lane, so what, what do we have coming up in our future episode? We're going to head to Chicago and then maybe Brazil mm. and see what makes Mr. Worldwide such a street player. Okay. All right. Well, I can't wait for that. Uh, until then, we're going to take you out with a recent song that samples PM Dawn, Set Adrift on Memory Bliss. This is Keisha Cole featuring Remy Ma and French Montana and the song You. And as always, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Riffs on Riffs is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thanks to executive producers, Joan Andrews and Michael D'Aloya. Producer, Julie Fink. Audio engineers, Eric Coltnow and Dave Shaw. And audio director, Michael Seifert. You can listen to more episodes of Riffs on Riffs by finding us on iTunes, Stitcher, or visit evergreenpodcast.com. And don't forget, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave us an iTunes review. It really helps. I'm your host, Joe Watson. And I'm Toby Braswell. Thank you for listening to Riffs on Riffs. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) Right.
This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.